Welcome back to the first market update for 2020, brought to you by the team from Mikado.com.au. Today, we'll have Matt Dalglish talking about sheep and cattle markets. Robert Herman is going to be talking about the wool market and the volatility there over the past week. And I'll be rounding it off with an update on the grains market. So over to you, Matt, to talk about the livestock markets. Thanks, Andrew. And it's good to be back uh, looking at markets again after a big break. It was a month in the U.S., uh, a little bit cold, but uh, now back straight into it. Um, we'll take a look at cattle markets first. Uh, the rain's been really good for cattle markets broadly across the country. The rain we've been seeing over the last week. Some really good falls actually in northern New South Wales and southern Queensland and the west of Queensland as well. Some uh, reports on social media of falls up to 50 mils. And uh, the really good thing about that is it's also forecast to continue into next week. And um, that's really had an impact on cattle markets. Uh, yeah, like I said, across the board, uh, increases of around 5 to 25 cents on a live weight basis for most categories reported by MLA. Um, in particular, the benchmark indicator, the Eastern Young Cattle Indicator, uh, was up about 40 cents or just short of 40 cents and closed at 5.15 cents a kilo carcass weight. So a really good um, increase to um, to the young cattle and store markets uh, to start this season. Um, and I think it's the rainfall that's really helping to um, encourage that activity. Probably not enough rainfall just yet to really get the restockers super excited. But um, certainly if, um, if we can continue to see uh, this weather improve uh, and be more favourable, then it's going to really start to have people thinking about restocking. And that's when we're really going to see some big jumps. Uh, in offshore markets, the 90CL has come off uh, from its highs from 2019. It's nearly dropped around 200 cents, actually. So it's back down into that mid 700 cent range um, but it's still you know if you look at the spread between the 90cl and the ecchi uh, there's still a fair amount of ground for the ecchi to make up um, should we get the rainfall uh, ongoing and and those restockers jump back in then wouldn't be a surprise to see the ecchi heading towards 600 cents fairly quickly uh, turning across to uh, sheep and land markets and a similar story, a really good start to the season, uh, particularly for national mutton indicator. Uh, we had about a 70 cent jump from uh, where it closed last year and we're back around the 560 cent a kilo carcass weight. So good recovery there. Uh, looking at some of the export figures out of China for the end of December, uh, numbers there were still um, pretty strong. They were a bit weaker than uh, than the October and November figures, but across the averages they were um, a good um, a good level above the the average for for the quarter. So um, you know, it's good numbers there. And um, again, the rainfall for mutton has um, has helped uh, spur, spur the market on a little bit. Uh, flowed through also to trade lambs. The Eastern States trade lamb indicator bounced off an eight-month low. Um, and uh, didn't gain quite as much as mutton, but still a respectable around a 40 cent gain on the uh, closing prices from last year and, and how we've opened this season. So uh, the Eastern States Trade Lamb Indicator just sitting uh, a fraction under 740 cents a kilo carcass weight, uh, much higher than where we were this time last year. And uh, although still below some of the forward contracts that are out there at the moment, but um, Let's just wait and see what happens with this rainfall. If uh, if we can continue to get this really good rain into New South Wales, it's forecast for this coming week. Uh, we could see uh, a lamb indicator jumping a little bit more uh, in the short term and um, and starting to really compete with some of those forward contracts on offer. Uh, that's about it for me, and I think I'm going to pass across to Rob. Cheers. Thanks, Matt. Well, the wool market's up and running for 2020. And uh, it started with, well, during the week leading up to it, we had a lot of optimism, and that was driven by a good close to last year. 
The market uh, finished with two good solid weeks. But we also knew from talking to wool brokers that over the Christmas break there was a lot of wool that was bought by buyers and, um, and picked up on wool trade and the electronic offer boards. Now usually those sort of indicators are strong indicators of what's going to happen in the auction and that was certainly the case when the market opened. Now it was a big offering as usually is the case when the market has had a couple of weeks break so the wool builds up a bit. There were about 52,000 bales came forward and when the market opened on Tuesday in Sydney and Melbourne uh, it was off to a fly and we were talking about 100 cent rises and uh, everybody sat back and said okay we picked that, the market's doing as we thought it would, uh, congratulations, well done. Uh, but what happened as the week progressed was um, a little bit disconcerting I suppose. The market on uh, by Wednesday and certainly into Thursday had uh, given back a lot of the gains that it previously started with. Um, so for instance to give you a number uh, on the Monday, on the Tuesday rather, when the market opened, it lifted 79 cents. By the end of the week, it had pulled back and uh, against the close of December was up 51 cents. Um, however, look, it's not bad news really because the market performed well. It, it improved. It uh, gave people a little bit of cause for thought, I think, with it pulling back. But we did sell the largest amount of bales since January of 2018. So um, it's... Uh, it's a good good result and it bodes well for what's coming ahead. Next week we've got another large offering but then after that I think the trade, uh, the, the brokers and everybody is expecting the volume to drop away. So it's probably a, a, a really good start to the year uh, on the back of a strong finish and uh, let's just see what happens. So, so that's wool. Back to you Andrew. Thanks Robert. Last and not least the grain market. Uh, well, I guess one of the big things this week has been a bit of rainfall which has came across much of New South Wales and Queensland, areas that have obviously been dry for really the past two years. So that's good to see. Uh, I wasn't quite sure that rain was actually going to come. The forecasts kept getting more and more promising, but finally it did arrive. But still a long way to go. We shouldn't be too cocky. Uh, we've still got four months till seeding and nine months till the harvest, so really... Anything could happen. We could be feast or famine this time next year. The big market uh, item probably over the last week has been uh, the US's phase one deal with China. And this is a really interesting one because it, to be fair, it actually covers off on most commodities. But I wanted to go over this one a little bit. The US has, and China have agreed that China must purchase $36.5 billion of agricultural produce in 2020 and $43.5 billion in 2021. And that doesn't really mean much, but to put it into perspective, during 2017, before the tariff war between the two countries, China purchased $24 billion. So that's a fairly substantial rise. And well above any other previous year by at least $10 billion. So where are they going to get this from? And that's going to be a question that we're going to cover off in a podcast. One of the interesting things is that the market really lost a bit of ground because they were expecting there to be a bit of talk in there about what volumes of commodity they're going to pick up and which commodity. Uh, but there really wasn't much in the way of detail in this deal. But there was one clause that has got markets a little bit spooked, 
is that the parties acknowledge that purchases will be made at market prices based on commercial considerations and that market conditions, particularly in the case of agricultural goods, may dictate the timing of purchases within any given year. So basically, it's almost non-binding. The price still has to be commercially viable. Uh, other than that, with grains, uh, we did start off the week pretty well with some good rises overseas. Uh, one of those reasons behind that was that Egypt bought 300,000 tonnes a week and it had been at the highest price since February. As is typically the case, all that volume came from the Black Sea. And then when we continue to look at the Black Sea, Russia caused a bit of a, a uptick in prices by intervening in their markets. So they've set a new quota limiting exports of grains to 20 million for the first half of this year. And that's caused some concern because interventions by you know the most important grain export in the world does have ramifications for trade flows. Chances are they won't want to get to 20 million tonnes of exports in the next six months anyway. So it's all a bit of tinkering around the edges. Uh, the big thing this week will be where the growers start to sell. There's been a lack of selling in recent weeks. Uh, the market's down today probably about $5 or so on average across the country. And really it's a case of um, buyers have stepped back from the market as this rain comes through. But as I said, don't get too cocky because we've got a long way to go. Uh, that's all from me from this week. Uh, again, Happy New Year to everyone. It seems like a long time since we did one of these podcasts. Uh, as is always the case, we've got the same message to you. You get this podcast free of charge. So we ask one thing from you, our dear listeners. Please go onto your iPhone, click on your podcast app and leave a review. Like it, leave us a rating, share it with your friends and family and let people know about this because the more listeners, the better. Thanks very much. Have a good weekend and hope the rain falls on you. Bye-bye.